listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hi, this is Ted Johnson, and before we start today's podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our supporters. George Schauer, who is the Pocono Outdoors guy, has been a friend and advocate of the Fish on Ted podcast and our sister company, Marketing for Guides, for a couple years now. George broadcasts his own podcast live every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook Live. He then posts his episode on his YouTube channel, of course called The Pocono Outdoors Guy. Along with being a podcast host, George is also a well-known outdoor writer and outdoor videographer. To find out more about George's services, go to his website at www.poconooutdoorsguy.com. I'd also like to recognize Short Bus Flashers, who is based in Oregon. J.T. Gillette started Short Bus Flashers just over 10 years ago, and it has become the premier manufacturer of salmon fishing flashers on the West Coast. If you like catching salmon, you need to visit www.shortbusflashers.com and take a look at all the flashers and the hundreds of shapes and color combinations that are available. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. We're recording this podcast on approximately October the 15th, 2020. Now, if you look back on your uh, your calendar or your timeline, you're scratching your head and going, it wasn't that when this COVID thing was going on. And yet this when the COVID thing is going on, we're uh, just getting close in the United States to an election coming up. And so all sorts of topics are hot and uh, we're uh, in in the middle of uh, kind of people getting sick again, which is not good, but uh, we just hope everybody out there is well and doing fine. And we've gotten through this. If you're listening to this three years uh, from today, that probably means we got through it a-okay. But uh, instead of talking uh, uh, diagnoses and viruses and that sort of thing, we're talking fishing today. I've got a special guest. I've been looking forward to uh, getting on uh, line with us. And uh, without stealing a whole lot of his thunder, Joel, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Terrific. Well, Joel joins us from uh, the province of Alberta, Canada. And Joel is um, an ambassador, I guess would be the best term Uh, Forgive me if that's incorrect, Joel, for the sport of uh, fishing, and in particular, fishing with streamers. That's how Joel and I sort of got uh, hooked up, is I was on Facebook Live and was um, uh, prompted to go look at his video on tying streamers for uh, big Canadian fish. And uh, one thing led to another, and that's how Joel got here. So, Joel, we thank you for your time today. This should be fun. Yes, thank you very much. It's my pleasure entirely. Well, well, terrific. Well, you know, I'm going to share with the audience when you and I chatted a little bit. Maybe it was right after the uh, the live stream that you were doing, and I was asking you about the type of fishing you did and and that sort of thing. And and it was um, obvious that you fished with a lot of streamers. And you came back and said, you know, streamers, it's a religion versus being being a fishing technique. And I, re- I really chuckled uh, on that, but you know, you're so right. There's, 
many, many people that have this passion for fishing in such a way that it becomes really important to them in the, the type of fishing that they do and that sort of thing. And so I just commend you for um, you know, taking on that role in the industry as being a uh, you know, strong advocate of streamers. I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm curious, Joel, how in the world did you ever get such a passion for fishing? I, I was brought, uh, brought into the world into um, two, two sides of my family, uh, which are very strong, uh, great outdoorsmen. Uh, you know, my uh -huh. father and my mother's side. So, um, you know, hunting and fishing and, and growing up in the country was just just a, a way of life. And, uh, you know, I think I can remember uh, fishing with my Snoopy rod or, uh, you know, when I, when I was like two or three years old, you know, down at the local trout hole. So, um, yeah. I think that's kind of where it all stemmed and, and showing successes and stuff like that. Like something super easy that kids can do and, and uh, get them outdoors. So, yeah. One thing led to another was uh, in, in regards to going out fishing and that sort of thing. Was there a certain person in your life that uh, encouraged it more than others? Well, I think um, I think there's probably multiple people, you know, when I grew up. Uh, I mean, like watching fishing shows and having having your heroes and whatnot, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on Saturday and Sunday, those uh, those were big influences. But you know, my my father who uh, ultimately uh, introduced me to the sport of sport fishing, and uh, uh, my both of my grandfathers were were very big into it as well. So um, those those three gentlemen, you know, could attest for a large bulk of it. So. Oh, that's cool. It sounds like you had multiple influences uh, in your life in regards to that. Never, never uh, lacked a fishing buddy. It didn't sound like. Yeah, sometimes it was tough, but uh, you know, I I managed to uh, get out, and so I got old enough and got my license and was able to do it all on my own. So there you go. Now, now, Joel, you're from where? Is it Fox Creek, Alberta? Yes, I, I reside in. Uh, reside sorry in uh, fox creek alberta but i'm actually born and raised in uh liverpool nova scotia on the east coast oh really no kidding how how did you get out to the fox creek of all places well i think um you know uh, the economy has uh has driven a lot of us uh from the east coast out here yeah. you know to, to find better life uh better life so yeah, um, that's what kind of led me out as well. Oh, very good. Now, now, where is Fox Creek in relation to Alberta? Is it is it like north of what uh, Calgary? Uh, yes, actually, it would be northwest of Edmonton for about approximately two. Oh, would oh. So two and a half hours uh, from Edmonton? Yes, northwest. Wow, you're way up there, man. You're way up <laughs> there. So in, in regards to the fishing opportunity, what uh, I would imagine that you have, what, pike and muskie and trout and, and, and other fish? Well, um, in this area specifically, we are a little bit more limited to, to what we have to offer. However... 
Um, I just spent, I just moved up here about a year ago. And uh, prior to that, I was in the Red Deer area. So that's central Alberta, right in between Edmonton and Calgary. So uh, warmer waters, you see more brown trout, uh, pike, sturgeon, mm -hmm. gold, gold eye. Up here, um, I feel really sad about it. I had to give up some, uh, some brown trout fisheries. But uh, I traded wow. that in for some Arctic grayling which are really abundant out here in the, in the small tributaries and uh, uh -huh. bull trout, pike, lake whitefish, Rocky Mountain whitefish, just to name a few. Wow. Now the, uh, the Arctic grayling, that's the one with the big dorsal fin on the back and, and that sort of thing. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. absolutely stunning fish. Oh, they're incredible. They're, they're incredible. I took a trip. Oh, it's been like 10 years ago now. And we were going to go fish for uh, big rainbows and silver salmon. And then I got excited because in the tributaries up there in Alaska, where I was going, they had the grayling. And that was the first thing that was on my bucket list when I got there is we're going to cross this one off. And um, I was amazed at the fact that I caught one on my first cat, uh, my first cast. And they were just thick in these little tributaries off the Nushagat. And, 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 um, it may not be the, the, the hardest fighting fish, but boy, when you get them in and you hold them, they're just absolutely stunning, aren't they? Just a beautiful fish. They, they are. And, and, you know, they're, they're a really aggressive fish. Like they're, they're just small eating machines. Um, mm -hmm. I really, really enjoy it. Even as a streamer guy, it's against my, it's almost sacrilege. I just love that. Um, that they're just so passionate about the dry fly. It's just, uh -huh. it's fantastic. <laughs> they're just, they're, they show um, acrobatic and crazy, crazy takes on the water for the, and the size of their mouth. Like they can take large, large, large um, baits and flies comparative to the size of their mouths. So it's just, mm -hmm. they're just, really cool fish yeah they are yeah, yeah they are that uh um you're 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 making me uh, uh mi missing the the opportunity to fish for grayling i uh they're they're just like you said just an incredible fish and they're uh, sounds like they're very abundant where you're at yeah uh actually the this year is my first year i caught one and uh the first time i went out i I bought a little three weight and uh, I think my buddy and I, we went out and we caught well over 50 each. <laughs> really? No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's cool, man. That is cool. Yeah. So, so when did the streamer thing become a deal with you? Well, the backside, I get that asked quite a bit. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a backstory. So, um, I started fly fishing when I was in high school and, uh -huh. you know, it was traditional with, uh, you know, like small streamers, like muddler minnows or, you know, mostly dry fly. It was, I grew up in, in native brookie waters. So, uh, mm -hmm. that was mainly the target, um, with the odd Atlantic salmon. Uh, but then I kind of stepped away from fishing, um, any outdoors altogether for probably about, you know, a five, five year period or so. And then 
I slowly got back into it. That's kind of where I transitioned from Nova Scotia to Alberta and, um, you know, getting on your feet as a young person too, you know, you don't have extra, extra coin and whatnot to get out there. But when I did, I I did a lot of spin fishing. I, I, I really hadn't touched a fly rod, um, up until probably about four or five years ago again. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so the spin fishing, what, what is kind of really cool is about trout. And, uh, we have an incredible trout fishery here in Alberta. Um, is that trout are super, super aggressive species, especially the char species like uh, mm-hmm. Lakers and uh, Browns and, and the bull trout. So in saying that, um, I grew up with like worm and spinners or little panther martins and stuff like that, just finessing yep. trout. And out here... Um, you know, I, I have a buddy who's a guide on the on the Bow River, and he does spin fishing for his clients, and he uses like really big rapalas, really big crankbaits. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was like, you know, that's so cool. I'd I'd really like to try that. And then I started getting into to finessing uh, fish with crankbaits. Um, and we had smallmouth bass back on the East Coast. So I, I fished a ton of cranks before for smallmouth. So I just kind of incorporated what I had for knowledge for smallmouth with trout fishing. Of course, there was some right. adjustment and some, uh, you know, some days where <laughs> you, you come home with some skunks. But um, I fished uh, the Red Deer River system for probably a decade or more. And uh, it was so effective for the trout on that system. But I was pulling over 30 trout days or more. Wow, and, really? Yeah, and it, it was just, it was fantastic. So it was like two or three years into fishing the system uh, with a really good friend of mine, Tyler Crouch. And um, I just, I said, you know, I'm not challenged. I need to be challenged. So this is kind of where I started researching and how I could do what I do on the fly. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started researching some of the greats um, who really pioneered um, streamer fishing. And streamer fishing nowadays is a lot different than what it was, you know, even back in the 70s. So it's still relatively new to the, uh, to the community and the industry. But uh, basically, I, I wanted to tailor my, my flies to act crankbaits and oh okay my my biggest issue with crankbaits is that you just can't get the right crankbait either in a color or action or size and then i figured out well you know i could do this with with flies for sure i can get exactly what i want for colors for size for action Mm -hmm. just figuring out how how to to make it all happen so that's kind of how I, I started. And uh, the first year I went 100% fly on the streamer, um, you know, I, I limped home quite a few times with, with nothing. But, uh, you know, after a while I saw some successes as, and I think uh, my tying got better and, and my skills got better there. And also uh, fishing, you know, uh, bridging the gap and, and learning 
some of the tricks of the trade, you know, for casting and presentation and, and whatnot, those, mm-hmm. those things, just putting your time in and, and, and pounding the waters, you know, that's, that's where you got to find your successes and, uh, you know, streamer fishing versus like dries or nymphing, you know, it's the, it's not a numbers game. Streamer fishing, you know, there's days that you work really, really hard for one or two fish, but most mm-hmm. of the time those fish are going to be quality fish. So, um, you know, putting your time in and casting your arm off all day, you know, for one or two fish, that's not for a lot of people, but, uh, right. You know, that's why I say like uh, streamer fishing is like a religion, you know, you have to, you have to really live by it and breathe and, 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 uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. So I'm just curious, uh, when you are on the river, uh, or, or on the water, how do you, how do you pick the pattern? How do, I mean, are you, are you trying to match something like, uh, people do when they're, they're, uh, dry fly fishing and, and uh, matching the hatch and that sort of thing? Or what's the, the thought process behind what uh, streamer you're going to put on at that time? Um, I think, you know, fly fishing in general, basically that's, that's what we're trying to do ultimately. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I think like for ESOC species, you just tie something just to, to piss every, everything off that you can to, to so get true. To, yeah, right. So, but you know, yeah. when it comes to... to streamer fishing for trout and large trout i think you really have to key in on on what they're foraging for and um one of my one of my good friends uh jerry him and i we were uh, we were chatting one day and um we he owns a jet boat so we were out on his jet boat and we were doing doing some fishing and he's a spin guy which you know mm. i don't hold that against him too much but uh you know, we, I was throwing my fly off the bow and, and he was, uh, he was tossing his wraps and, uh, I was like, you know, I just don't understand how people can fish like nymphing or dries when this is such an effective way of catching large fish. Mm -hmm. And he put it to me this way. He's like, well, you got to think of this, man, you know, these fish are kind of like they're at a buffet. So all day the nymphs are like the orders or the appetizers. So that, you know, they, they pick and choose and, and they eat, um, you know, like a chicken wing or something like that. But when you toss that big meaty streamer or, or crankbait, you know, you're, you're basically throwing and pulling a steak sandwich in front of their face. So they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be super aggressive about that. So um, you're offering you're offering much much more appealing dish than uh, than uh, everybody else. So I thought that was uh, yeah. that was a great way of putting it. So you know you just changed the way I'm going to be thinking about fishing for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be looking at my tackle box and I'm, okay, where's that steak sandwich that Joel just <laughs> talked about? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, that's how I look. That's how I describe it to everybody who's, who you know who's interested in picking up products from me and whatnot. So uh, yeah, I was like, all right, man, what, what's your flavor and steak sandwich? So I love it. <laughs> I love it. so so when you fish a streamer, I I've I've got to admit, I've 
I've, I've rarely fished a streamer and I have not been successful at it except for maybe a couple times. But um, if, if somebody's brand new to streamer fishing, what, what do they need to master? What, what are the concepts behind the, you know, uh, the techniques that you've got to use to start being productive? Uh, I would have to say, and I get asked this quite a bit as well. Um, I would have to say understanding your equipment is 100% the first thing you need to fully understand before you even hit the water. Having a proper setup to do what you needed to do is, mm -hmm. is key. And fly fishing is not the same as a spin rod. Like somebody can pick up an ugly stick combo for 50 bucks with line on it from Canadian Tire or Walmart or wherever and uh, put a lure on it and fish it. And right. that's, that's not what you can do with, uh, with fly fishing uh, because so much depends on um, the line versus the actual fly. So um, understanding what you need to get the job done in the waters that you're fishing is key. So for, mm -hmm. for what I, I use... I use like a, a number eight, nine and a half foot rod reel with a sink tip line. And then I run a very short streamer or sorry, a leader ahead of my streamer, which is uh, approximately four feet. So I, I taper it myself. My last foot that connects to the fly line is actually a 30 to 40 pound fluorocarbon. And then I run 15 to 20 pound uh, three foot lead onto that as a taper uh wow. yeah and the reason why i go so heavy uh are, there's two reasons um number one is uh shock absorption so you don't have uh, a lot of play um in that leader that'll take the stress of the violent strikes that you get from streamer fishing um in a short leader so you have mm -hmm. to go heavy or you have to go home and i started with much lighter uh uh leaders and i learned the hard way hook sets you're not gonna make it i used eight pound into 15 pound and yeah. every time that eight pound snapped every time yeah. i hooked that so really? uh, that's the biggest that's the biggest key is is to understand that the reason why you go uh heavy and short as well is uh the sink tip or full set uh, full sink setup uh the longer your leader is uh the more time it takes for that line to actually pull your fly down to the desired depth of fish yeah. so the shorter it is um the faster that'll actually get into the zone and sometimes when you're fishing fast water you really need that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, understanding the setups, you're fishing still water um, or, you know, um, slower water or whatnot. I, I know a ton of guys who, who uh, fish streamers with long leaders and floating line setups, and that's perfectly fine. Um, they're just a little bit tougher to, to check with those setups. Um, right. With, with my eight weight, my go-to all-around rod, I can chuck 10 to 12-inch streamers all day long 
for eight to 10 hours and I, I don't feel, I don't feel any pain in the morning, <laughs> you know? Really? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Set up to me is a hundred percent what you need to, what you need to focus on in order to start streamer fishing. And yeah. uh, the reason why I go a little heavier uh, for a rod is uh is not necessarily the size of the fish that i'm catching but uh the actual size of the flies that i'm trying to launch too so i find that that eight seven to eight weight is a really good well-rounded rod i know guys mm-hmm. they'll, they'll chuck smaller streamers uh you know on six and five weights to me that's just uh, i'd be really really hesitant to run anything like a five or a six weight with some of the stuff that i chuck just yeah. because of, uh, you know, you risk breaking that rod tip on a back cast. So definitely, definitely need to to do your research. And you don't need an expensive setup to be effective out there. You know, my first streamer setup was probably about $500 all in, line, everything. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's relatively cheap for, for fly fishing. Right. So, um yeah just just do your homework and um get the proper setup and understand what you want to do with with streamers um before you even start toss tossing anything on on what you currently have so Mm -hmm. now what what how big are the fish that you're targeting when you're when you say you're going after quality fish what what in your eyes is would be a quality fish you know, um, it depends on the species ultimately, right? Um, right. Uh, this year, I was fortunate enough to to actually pull in some rather large fish on the, that setup. Um, this year, I got a personal best of a 34-inch river walleye at uh, over 12 pounds. Wow. Which was, which was, and I'm not a walleye guy, I'm a trout bum, but uh, that river walleye gave me a whole new different respect and perspective on walleye fishing because that was a solid half hour just trying to get him up out of the current he was just absolutely beast and um yeah yeah um anyways he uh then uh i got my my personal best cutthroat the very next day after that guy at uh I would say no less than six pounds at Damn, 27 inches. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, yeah. And then that was, you know, those, those are quality fish, you know, and uh, the day after that, you know, we went and hunted some bull trout and I got a 31 and a half inch bully that day. You know, he was, he was probably well over 10 pounds. You know, it's just, uh, I know that I could handle almost anything in, in the fisheries that I like to fish with that mm-hmm. setup. It's, it's basically a saltwater setup, but um, the line and the leader um, and the reel are kind of set up mostly for like a trout fisherman. So, mm-hmm. so you see these guys who are fishing like the Ozarks and whatnot in Montana, uh, some of those streamer guys they um that's that's something that they would be be tossing with so 
anything over yeah. five pounds, I would say would be a quality fish from, from where I'm, I'm at. I mean, anything over five pounds is, is a solid, solid fish. So, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, those are, uh, the, the, the size of the fish you're talking about would, uh, grace almost any fisherman's wall, wouldn't they? Holy <laughs> smokes. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate and, and, you know, all of them were caught on, on my streamers that I, I developed some of them. Most of them were my, uh, my own original patterns too. So I was really happy that, you know, they were prototypes in my box that I was able to, to get the job done. What I, what I really wanted done, you know, that plan came together at the end and, and it was super effective. So uh, I, yeah. I really like seeing those successes. Yeah. Now, without sharing all of the secret sauce, how do you work a streamer as, as you're putting it in a current? Are you are you stripping it in uh, or just letting it drift? What uh, What's the plan? Oh, uh, well, the cool thing about my streamers is like, well, I guess the traditional way of fishing streamers that everybody really knows is, is swinging them. So, you know, you cast out and you work a piece of water with a uh, different length cast. So you cast it perpendicular um, and you just let it swing towards the bank and then you, you retrieve it up along the bank that you're standing on. Um, anyways, I design my flies that you can fish them like a crankbait. So if you want to cast up into a headwater and, uh, you know, do different retrieves, you know, I have jerk fly patterns. I have drop shot patterns um i actually have some really cool still water patterns that uh that you know they they wobble with glass rattles mm -hmm. everything so um it's it's whatever you want to do and at the end of the day if you're just a a, a streamer swinger you can do those you can do that too with what what i have to offer but uh i find that's a little bit boring to me like i, I actually like working around working a piece of water where um mm -hmm. you know it, it has a little bit more feel to the sport rather than just uh swinging and waiting for that strike so right now now since we're talking religion here uh what i might say next would be sacrilege but could you put us could you put a streamer underneath a, a bobber and use some spinning gear with that and we call that in the northwest we call that bobber dogging um is, is that effective yeah and and you know a lot of a lot of guys will do that and um a lot of pin fishermen will do that as well for like steelies mm -hmm. and salmon um right you know they'll put them under floats yep. um that's super effective you know i even tie up uh on 90 degree jig jig hooks um i tie small bait fish pattern that i put under indicators for uh still water trout um and whitefish and whatnot and that's super super effective as well like uh balanced leeches balanced minnow patterns those are all super effective um and you know any of those uh 90 degree balance patterns if you want to put under a float um or bobber or indicator or whatever you want to use uh you know those those that's very very effective mm -hmm. so if, if you and i were bsing and we had a couple of, uh frosty cold beverages and i said to you what what's on your bucket list 
Joel. What do you want to catch with a streamer? What would be on there? Oh, um, yeah, I, I would really, really enjoy catching an Arctic char. I think they're just beautiful fish. They're, they're just fantastic. Um, I think that would be on the top of my bucket list, um, as well as a muskie. We don't have muskie in the province, so catching a big muskie on just a oh, big sock streamer would be would be a blast, I think. Oh, yeah. Now, do you have pike? <laughs> Yeah, we, we do have pike here. So, you know, I catch, I catch quite a few pike on my streamers. We have, uh, we have quite a bit of success um, uh-huh. in some of the local waters here. So um, to catch a muskie, though, the fish of a thousand casts, yep. I think that would be, uh, would be, that'd be really fun. And then, of course, you know, yeah. there's, there's some saltwater um, species I wouldn't mind targeting, like uh, tarpon would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, rooster fish i heard is a blast on on the fly um i heard that if you can't strip fast enough uh they lose interest and they won't take but uh yep. I, I, w- I would love to give it my all before my shoulders give out on me so <laughs> yeah. have, have you been rooster fishing before no no i haven't done much uh tropical uh saltwater stuff before so I've, I've done lots of um, saltwater fishing from where I'm from, but right. uh, not on the fly and not, uh, yeah. not, not those species, that's for sure. Roosters are killer, man. I absolutely love fishing those, but coming from uh, the, the Northwest, I wasn't of the mindset that you needed to have for a couple of days to, to hook one. And, you know, you're sitting in the back of that panga and we were fishing uh, I think we were fishing live bait for a couple of days, you know, and, and uh, the, the rooster would hit and I'd have this guy screaming at me in Spanish, basically saying, you, you moron, don't set the hook, just let it run and let it run about 70 yards out and then set the hook, you know, because for whatever reason, they're just, they're gumming this thing, you know, as they're taking it out. And I don't know how many of those things that I, uh, I missed in that trip, but the third day I got a 70 pounder to the boat, but I let it run like a hundred yards before I set the hook. It was crazy. Wow. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy. And, uh, that's that's kind of like, um, you know, we, when we ice fish for pike here, um, you, you dead stick like smelter or, or herring or whatever. Uh-huh. And you, once the flag pops, you let them run with it. And you don't set the hook. You wait for the, the spool to stop. They'll either uh-huh. reposition it in their mouth to eat it, or they'll spit it out and then get a better angle on it and then eat it. And then once you see that that spool start spinning again, that's when you set the hook. Sometimes it's like 30, 40, 50 yards, you know, they've got what? out. So <laughs> that is the longest period of time in my entire life. Right. <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> yeah. And especially some guy screaming at you in Spanish behind you, you know, and <laughs> every single time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, well you've, you, now, now you've got a show. That's how I, I connected up with you um, on Facebook Live and where you uh, would sit down and tie one of your streamers. And, uh, uh, in, in regards to that show, I mean, that was very interesting to me. 
um, just because you're so patient with the audience on, you know, on how this is being done and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, that that was a really good experience for me and understanding how, how a streamer was put together. Are you running those, um, those Facebook Live uh, shows on a regular basis? I, I try to, you know, as long as time warrants. Um, I, I just, I love passing on what I know, you know, and it's just, um, I have a long way to go as well. I feel that um, what I do know is, um, is valuable to people who are, mm-hmm. are new to it. And um, you see on, on YouTube, you see tutorials all the time where, um, you know, you have like steps one through 10. This is how you tie a balanced minnow or whatever. Um, right. But you don't see challenges. Like it's, it's very perfect world. It's in a perfect world. This is how you can tie it. But for somebody at home who's trying to learn, you know, uh, when I, I, I don't hide or edit out my, my struggles or, you know, any of any of the challenges that I have, you know, when I do those live ties, cause they're live. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what the audience really likes to see, especially the newer tires is that, okay, well, you know, this guy doesn't tie a, a fly, a perfect fly every time. And nobody right. does. In the real world, nobody does. Even some of the greats, you know, um, I've got buddies that are on uh, Team Norvice and and have sponsors out the wazoo, but you know, and and they'll sit down, they'll tie two dozen of the same patterns until they even think about putting a camera on that and posting it on on YouTube or Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. me, it's just I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> you know, number one, <laughs> number two, it's like, you know. Um, I feel like the audience progresses with you. So, you know, you're, you're giving them almost like a sitcom where you see, you know, these families on sitcoms where they show development and then their audience develops with them as their characters do. It's kind Mm -hmm. of what I, I do with, with my fly tying, you know, it's like, if we went back a year and a half where I first started, you know, it's a long ways from uh from what i was start (laughs) what i first started putting out with for streamers you know comparative to now and then you know and then in another year i'm going to be looking we're going to be looking back and be like wow you know there's there's a lot of progression here and then um i feel like the the audience really uh caters to that and and uh you know they associate themselves with that as well um they see the vulnerabilities and and uh you know the struggles and whatnot and they probably share a lot of them so Mm -hmm. me showing them how to overcome adversity on the vice is much more valuable to me than putting out a static how to diy um fly video right that everybody else does so um, right. I, I've I've been I've been uh, chastised for it by some of the good guys, and I've been also patted on the back from it too. But it's it's kind of my vision, and and uh, you know it it there's nothing better than a new tire inboxing me. Uh, uh, you know their 
take on one of my original patterns because they watch my my uh, Facebook live. Like to me, that's that's more reward in itself than than putting out a perfect fly every time, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. picture, every video. To me, that's it's just it's just not worth it, you know. So, right. Now, now, do you, do you sell these uh, these flies that you're or these streamers that you're 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 tying, Joel? Yes, yes, I do. Um, as I said to you um, before, it's not like it's a it's a huge margin for me, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of guys that uh, that fly fish and and they don't have the time or the means to to tie flies and. Um, you know, um, I kind of cater to the well-established uh, streamer guy mm-hmm. due, due to the fact that I'm not the cheapest out there. Um, so if anybody wants to get into some of my my streamers, I usually set them up with success. You know, get the right uh, get the right equipment go to Bass Pro, buy a $10 streamer and learn on that instead of losing like a $30 or $40 pike streamer from me, you know, so. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I I want to make sure that I have the angler's best interest in my best interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, somebody wants to take uh, one of my flies and fish the Yukon or something like that, I might make an, a, an exception to the rule if it's their first time, but really like nobody wants to go out and take $200 worth of streamers or Rapalas or any, any kind of tackle and lose them within the first day of a two day trip. You know, it's that's not fun for anybody. And uh, you know, the way the world is right now, nobody has a ton of cash to, to toss around. So I, I try to, educate before i sell but if somebody's like hey man i've been streamer fishing for 10 years i love what you've done here 100 man let me uh let me dial you in and and uh i ask specifically um what waters you're you're fishing on um what are some of the forge fish um just questions like that so i totally can understand and totally customize exactly what you need and what you need to mm-hmm. get the job done so so is, is that the way that you handle orders coming in? Is that uh, you want people to call and then you can sort of uh, consult with them on, uh, on, on what you can do and, and what they're looking for? I mean, that, that sounds like a great, great uh, way to really get, you know, the, 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 the kind of streamers that, uh, you know, people are wanting for those, you know, very, very special trips coming up. Well, that's that's kind of where I want it to to envision, and where I, I want to uh, move towards in that direction is to to be more of a uh, consult consultative service uh, in regards to um, what I put out for products. So I really want to make sure that it's a good fit for the client, being a total customized uh, streamer shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't that, and that's the reason why I don't have a web page or a catalog is because I do totally custom work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have some go tos that I tie, but uh, if somebody needs something special, and I've pulled some rabbits out of my hat for people um, before, but if somebody wants it and I think I can do it, you know, um, I'll do my best to make sure we get some fish in the net. So, uh huh. 
Wow, that's cool, man. Uh, that is really cool that, you know, you, what you're doing is very similar to a lot of different fisheries around the world that are really, you know, uh, customizing out the, the lures and attractants for people, you know, that uh, are one wanting something special and have the means to pay for it. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when you do that, you tend to get a really high quality product uh, that in many cases can catch a whole lot more fish than the stuff, you know, hanging in the shrink wrap bags at a tackle store somewhere. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I definitely take my time with every tie that I put out there. Um, I, I build them to last, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially flies can be very delicate. Uh, we see a saturation of uh, Kenyan fly tires now yeah. uh, for, for really, really cheap prices. Um, but uh you know, I have some pike streamers in my personal box that I've been catching probably well over a hundred pike on that are still fishable to this day. Wow. So, wow. um, yeah, you're talking toothy critters like, and then the small guys are what really mess up those flies for pike. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like I, I really take in mind of, of, not necessarily the action of the fly, but the actual building. Uh, well, what are, what are the, the, how castable is this? Like, what's the castability? Um, you know, if you're, you're going after pike all day long and you want, you know, 10 to 12 inch pike flies, I can make that happen. But what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. I'm going to build them that you can cast them all day. They're going to have tremendous watershed. They're, they're going to have, crazy action they're going to have fantastic flashing colors and they're going to be made out of stuff that's durable and you're going to catch more than three fish off of them mm -hmm. so again that's that's uh the reason why i'm not the cheapest guy out there nor do i want to be i want to make sure that i put those quality products in your hands because let's face it you can find cheap product anywhere yeah you can yeah you can so, well you were telling me prior to going uh on the show today that you even have a, a test tank in your uh, uh, tie flying uh, uh, room at home, don't you? And then you're, you're testing out what you uh, you're producing before they even get out to the fishermen. Well, yeah, I, you know, like I'm always on the uh, R and D side of things whenever I, I get caught up on my, on my orders, which is really like not much lately, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, the past six months i've really been getting into more of the aquadynamics of of how these flies really work underwater and mm -hmm. um that's what we want like i find flies especially streamers are guilty of this more than anything is you know they're used they're tied to made make to look well on a fly in a in a vice or in a fly box or on a shelf um but what does that mean like how does that fish how does it how does it actually work and some of my original patterns they're not they're not cute to look at outside of the water but mm. you know what they they've pulled some monster fish out and to me um, a lot of fishing gear out there is made to caught the fishermen and, uh, yeah, yeah. um, not, not the, the fish itself. 
and mm-hmm. uh, I I do not want to be that guy that just puts flashy stuff out there on the market. That's just gonna it's gonna be that weird colored odd crankbait that sits in the back of your tackle box for ten years, and you you only pull it out once in a while when nothing else works, right? So I, right. I don't right. I don't want that product in in anybody else's fly box. I want stuff mm-hmm. that they're going to be go-tos. They're going to be like, yeah, man, I need, I need one of these in olive. I need one of these in black. And, you know, um, I love how this thing moves and I, I don't even have to uh, worry about casting it all day because it's, it, it does exactly what you, you said it would do. So, yeah, that's kind of where I, I move, move my break away from everybody else and move forward towards, uh, um, you know, my vision as, as what I put out for flies. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, Joel, how, how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, consult with you about uh, getting uh, um, uh, some of your flies and streamers and that sort of thing? Well, as I said uh, before, I don't have a, a web page. I just, I don't see value in it quite yet. Maybe eventually I'll get mm-hmm. there, but um, I do have a Facebook page uh lazy r streamer co and uh-huh. uh the same as as instagram so any any uh anybody that wants to get a hold of me on those two mediums for social media they can uh they can approach me add me up um you know i'll add anybody and, and talk to anybody even if you just want to talk about fundamentals you're not even interested in in uh buying product off me you know i i i do one-on-one uh fly tying uh tutorials and uh clinics and whatnot and i don't charge anybody for that so don't uh don't hesitate to get a hold of me uh you know on those two uh those two programs so awesome and we're going to put your contact information also in the show notes so if uh, people are listening here they can look down in the show notes and your contact information and links to Facebook and Instagram will be down there for them also. Well, Joel, I want to thank you so much. What a great conversation this has been. It, uh, uh, you've got me excited to uh, do some streamer fishing and, well, um, and be successful at it because it sounds like it's a whole lot of fun, man. It, it, it is, and it's, it's something that gets overlooked or oversimplified and um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity for me uh, to, to come on your show and talk about the, a, a true passion of mine. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. Well, tight lines, my friend, you know, be safe and uh, be healthy at the, you know, this point in our lives and, uh, you know, just keep doing what you love. Thank you very much. <laughs>